When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. W- what is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! Come on! Ready! Down! Set! Hut! 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 Hit me! Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom! It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. All right, welcome back. It is the uh, Eskridge Lexus Post Game Podcast, and uh, we are joined by Eddie Radosevich and George Stoya, who are at Chapman Stadium, and they just witnessed the, uh, the impressive offensive performance by Oklahoma, 66-17. to uh, Impressive defensively, too, except for small stretches, but uh, let's welcome in our guys, uh, Eddie and George, who have uh, been covering the game all day in, t- in T-Town. A little homecoming for George. George, how was the homecoming for you? Uh, it was good. Sorry. <laughs> if you just would have seen George and the way that he like freaked out looking for the microphone and forgetting that they're strapped to our bodies, it was uh, it was quite the sight to behold. I I was unprepared. I also am currently trying to still finish up writing my gamer, so I uh that might tell uh, you a little bit about our evening just yes. as far as Friday night goes, the way that uh we are laboring through the uh the early late night evening hours of uh of Tulsa State, and we could we could be. It, it's okay because it was an ass kicking today, and it was like you know the game or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, it's been it's been fun. Eddie and I probably had too much fun last night. I took Eddie out on the town, uh, hit hit Shady Keys, my favorite bar in Tulsa, piano bar. It was fun. And, we had a great time. Uh, we had a great time. My dad did cook the steaks really well. I think. excellent well, I think. steak. No, it was okay. great. It was great. Excellent steak. Excellent uh, fellowship with uh, the great Sam Stoya. Uh, we appreciated the hospitality over there at the Stoya residence. I thought my dog was going to kill him. Nala, I, I'm a I'm a dog whisperer. Yeah, and I think everything went okay. She she, she ended up calming down. Yeah, it, it was, was a good. lot. Of, it was a lot of fun though, and uh, it was uh, a nice little lead into what was uh, as we said, it was an ass whooping today. And uh, Carrie, it you know I, it's gotten to the point now where it's I think that George hit it right on the head in the uh, the post game YouTube show that we did, uh, and he asked Brent after the game, it's. Kind of to the point now, it's you're 3-0, and you're going up to Cincinnati next week, which is going to be a big game. But at the same time, is this different than a year ago? By the way, I, I'm so concerned if we're recording or not. It's it's uh, Yeah, we're recording. I can see it. I promise I, we don't have to restart anything. It's just I'm gun-shy. Um, so, yeah, I have my own uh, little things going on back here in studio. No, I mean, Dylan Gabriel was fantastic today. Uh, I want to say he threw 19 passes before he had an incompletion, and that could have been a pass interference attempt to uh, Andrew Anthony near the corner of the end zone. Uh, but his day, just spectacular. 28 of 31, did have an interception, uh, 421 yards passing and five TDs. And, guys, 
he could have easily gotten to 500 if he'd wanted to today. No doubt about it. I mean, it just depended on how much you were going to put the foot on the gas. And, you know, I think that that was something that we talked about here throughout the week. Uh, just with Jeff Levy as Wyoming's looking to take the lead on Texas in the uh, second half. We're watching it's not been a good day the- around college football for a lot of people. Well, Big 12 is just embarrassing themselves. Oklahoma State's just absolutely I, – I, I want to say that I'm shocked, but I'm not shocked to a certain extent. I'm shocked they got their ass beat. I, I, if they would have just lost that game, I, I think it would have been like, oh, yeah, they got Alabama, dominated. It was only a seven-point spread. But, it's unbelievable. But they got killed. But going back to Dylan Gabriel real quick, uh, he was he was he was spectacular today. Yeah. I mean, I thought and maybe they, it was his best game in his career. Today. That was and that was one of the things that we talked about throughout the week was the fact that you know, and Jeff talked about it on Monday at the press conference how conservative they got. And right out of the gate, Kerry, I mean, they were two bombs, ready to yeah, downfield, two bombs down the field, and. He's he's just he has a sense of, he has a little bit of a presence about him that it you're starting to feel like this offense can be pretty good but at the same time I'm the run game is is worrisome it's concerning that uh, they still it just doesn't seem like there's a whole lot there yeah I mean they start Javante Barnes today we'll get some more into that I, I do want to hit on. Uh, because we have a lot to talk about with emerging young stars today, especially at the receiver position. But first off, I want to talk about Jackson Arnold uh, and and his part in the offense right now. And guys, it's just, for me, it's just not working. And you've got to, you've got to let just, just when you put Jackson Arnold into the game as a quarterback and he's just running the offense, he's fantastic. But trying to, I don't know, massage his ego or what you're doing, uh, with you know the belldozer package is not working for him, and I know nobody was around here when they were on the belldozer, but that's what we call it. So uh, you're at Oklahoma. I'm sorry. Uh, it's just it's not working, and and it goes along maybe Eddie with what you're talking about in the run game, and maybe it's not all on him, but the play calling. You know they tried to do a pass today out of it, and, and it, he he fastballed it right into a guy's face mask. Uh, there was no nuance on that throw at all near the end zone. I think it was Blake Smith that he just he threw a fa- he threw a ninety mile an hour fastball right in his face. I mean, uh, from five feet away, it, it just like you are. He is clearly not comfortable going in there as you know a specialist, and you put him in as a quarterback. He looks fantastic. I mean, I I think it's time to put an end to this short lived experiment with with Jackson Arnold coming in in fourth down packages. Are they are they doing it because they don't feel comfortable enough to be able to just turn around and hand the ball to Tawi Walker or whoever? I mean, it just seems like he's the perfect guy that you would want near the goal line, and then all of a sudden you look up and they're running Jackson Arnold into the game. Or are they just trying to get him snaps? It it just feels too cute. Yeah. Yeah. I, I asked Lebby directly after the game. I don't know if you're over there, Eddie. I basically was just like, are you guys going to keep running this package? And he just gave me a word salad for an answer. Uh, he said, I think being able to change some pictures and find ways to create an advantage will be important for that stuff moving forward. I don't know what the hell that means, but I was looking for a, yeah, no, we're not doing that anymore because it just isn't working at all. No, it, it's just, it's it's ugly. And and maybe it is a bigger symptom of an offensive line. I mean, guys, Ed Caden Green in the game today. Uh, yeah. they're, they're, it's obvious Bill Biedenbaugh is, is not hap- happy and he's trying a lot of other things. Yeah, I mean, I think he's – it's pretty clear that they're looking for an answer at left guard because Bur- Savion Bird has not lived up to what – And I will say, this was a different situation than a week ago when he got pulled. Yeah, he got – He got he got banged hurt, up on yeah. one of the extra points. He he was on the ground quite a bit in the first quarter. It was really – But it's he never came strange. back in 
And then, no, he did it. Yeah, you're right. And 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 after the game, Britt said he's fine. So I don't know like what the situation. I think maybe he did get pulled again. Yeah, but I mean, clearly, I thought it'd be Everett that came in at left guard, and it wasn't. So and and Caden Green's a great player. I just I don't know. I think they need they still need to figure. I I, I think the root of the running game issues is the offensive line has not come together yet and they're just running and this would be a better question for josh i just don't think they're running like schematically a great run game and i know i think it was gabe eichard who was talking on their podcast about this you know a week ago or so but like there's their schemes they just they're doing too much they need to simplify what they're doing and and we tried to blame it all on the running backs you know, this last week, well, you know, they need to play Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk. Well, they played today, and they still couldn't run the ball very well. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they need to play Caleb Hicks and Dalen Smothers. I don't know what the answer is, but they they need to figure that out. And then I said on the, the, the instant reaction show, like, I have no confidence that if they have a fourth and one and they need to pick it up, like, I don't think they can get a yard if they need it. Especially against a good defense. Yeah. Well, and a lot of that – but a lot of that – a lot of that opinion is 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 based on putting Jackson Arnold out there and trying to get a yard when he clearly, you know, he's six two two fifteen. I mean, I, I just there's so many examples of him not being able to move the pile. Like, just stop it. And, and look, you give Tawi Walker those opportunities, we probably feel a little bit differently about short yardage. But to to strip those away from Tawi Walker and even Javante Barnes or Marcus Major, I've never been a fan of Marcus Major on short yardage, but. Uh, you know, you strip that away from them, and they have for the last two games. The sample size is different now, and it's all it's all leaning toward Jackson Arnold as your power back, which is bizarre. Yeah, it I, makes no sense. I, I I would love, and I would I, I guess there it's almost kind of one of those things. I would almost accept it more if they were just not being able to run the ball. But it seems like with the Jackson Arnold package. You're trying to do too much when you just need to get the fundamentals down of being able to pick up a yard. But outside of that, outside like, of there's really not yeah quarterback wise there's there's and, and really play calling wise I mean it was a good day I mean it was it, they weren't conservative Jeff Levy made up for you know what he did last week I thought and sure. now he can move forward with Dylan Gabriel and know you know what you're going to be able to and really the offensive line guys you know in pass protection they hung together pretty well to that say I mean it's a different game and, and Tulsa's no good, but it looked better even than it did against Arkansas State, I thought. Yeah. Did you the the stat on Dylan Gabriel today, uh ninety point three percent completion percentage, uh single game record for OU with a minimum of twenty five attempts. So he's just been really efficient and then the, quietly too. Yeah. And then the uh the other stat thrown out there today, I just read this to Eddie. Second time in program history they had three wide receivers over 100 yards receiving uh, in a single game. Nick Anderson, Jalil Farouk, and Andrew Anthony, which I need to issue Jalil Farouk another public apology. He is uh, uh, – Hold on. Are you trying to steal my thunder before I can actually, you know, present this information? Like no, like you got to do a week ago? Like I, I publicly told you, you know, I, I, I'm sorry for my Tawi Walker takes. But I mean, yeah. you, you had to know after. I mean, look, you, you were you were looking pretty good after he fumbled the opening kickoff. I know. I was feeling good. I was like, <laughs> I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> and outside, and I, I, I will say, like, outside of the the fumble, which obviously can't happen, he was great in the return game. Yes, they're gonna bust one uh, eventually. I think he Brent said it after the game that he has to be one of the first wide receivers or 
first guys in a while that had over 100 yards receiving and over 100 yards in the return game. 105 yards on kickoff returns. The 62-yarder was the one that he fumbled. That was his longest of the day. Uh, But you got to see what I've seen in Jalil Farouk today, which is a guy that has a burst. You notice, like, on kickoffs, like, he would just kind of jog into the madness, and then when he saw something open up, he would burst into the hole. Like, he has a second gear, and you saw him on deep balls today. Uh, He looked, you know, the, the... Tackles that he breaks, I mean, we've seen that more and more. He's very physical, much more physical than you give him credit for, uh, even myself. But, like, the way he ran through that tackle for that first touchdown, like, most 90% of receivers would have been tripped up on that play. Sure. By the way, do not forget, Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Sooner Scoop. Uh, They take care of us on all of our trips. Uh, Wanted to take care of us in Tulsa. We said, nope. We got it taken care of. We'll drive our own Lexuses. Uh, but yeah, they've got uh, the uh, first ever TX that's coming in. Uh, three rows. I know a lot of you guys out there, a lot of families looking for uh, three row uh, vehicles right now. The all new uh, GX is coming out as well. Uh, or, you know, stick with the classics. You know, Eddie's got the uh, UX and I've got the IS350 F Sport. Uh, just look, once you drive a Lexus, uh, there's really no going back to you know, non-luxury. I mean, it is uh, just a great experience. And, uh, all you know, Eddie and I both drive them. Uh, I, I can't drive anything else now. I've just been ruined uh, by driving a Lexus. So if you are interested, look, it, it's affordable. It's not like out of the stratosphere, super expensive. Uh, and if you go in and tell them that you're a Sooner Scoop subscriber, uh, Ed and the boys will take care of you, give you some special deals. But uh, lease is going on right now. Uh, the, the uh, I know the 2023 RZ's got uh, lease specials going. Uh, so go check them out, Eskridge Lexus, or check them out online, EskridgeLexus.com. Check out their inventory. If you're looking for something uh, that they don't have, they will get it for you too. They did that with my car uh, and uh, got a great, great deal and a great car. They're not charging these ridiculous uh, over MSRP uh, prices. What the car costs is what you pay. So uh, and you get a little bit more off being a scooper. So go see Ed and the guys over at Eskridge Lexus. Tell them that you're listening to the uh, Eskridge Lexus post game or that you're on Soonerscoop.com and they'll give you a special deal. It, it was really, really good. And you can see the confidence starting to build for a bunch of those guys. And, and oh, my God, it. Nick Anderson. I mean, we just have to yeah. throw him out there. I, I mean, Josh, I think, put it best out uh, on Twitter during the game and the idea that coming into the season, you thought the running back room was going to be very, very strong and you had questions about the wide receiver unit. I think it's kind of flipped right now. And, and maybe that's not a whole lot to do with what the running backs aren't doing, but rather what the wide receivers are doing. And Nick Anderson... Uh, with the three touchdowns today, he started to become a little bit of a threat out there on the outside for him. I mean, look at it this way. I mean, you know, Jalil Farouk, he's starting to come into form. We knew Andrew Anthony was going to be a difference maker. You feel like Drake Stoops is going to get you, you know, really tough yards around the goal line. He did that today with two touchdowns, almost had a third. Uh, and then you start adding in. I mean, the the, the first catch that Jaden Gibson made today, unbelievable. Uh, yeah. I mean, he looks like a guy that, has never dropped a ball in his life. Like, he can't drop a ball. I mean, that's how far he's come from the spring. And then Nick Anderson, my God, I haven't seen somebody, you know, it's been since Hollywood Brown since I've seen somebody that open behind a defense that many times in one game. He has, uh, and and I even like the, I think it was the second touchdown that he had, uh, made a couple nice little moves out in the open field Mm -hmm. after the catch. That was, uh, it's encouraging. 
And I think that, you know, offensively, it looks really good right now outside of the run game, which has question marks. But, uh, you know, it, it's kind of funny, Kerry, that this is the fourth or third game in a row, though, that we're talking offense when I thought the defense at times, uh, they, they continue to do it. They continue to look like a much improved uh, team on that side of the football. I thought Danny Stutzman, after about 10 minutes of game action, was going to be the National Defensive Player of the Year uh, this week because, I mean, the the pick six that he had, he was flying all over the field. He actually missed a tackle. He actually missed a tackle today, like just, just right out in the open, just flopped trying to tackle a guy in space. And that was the only time I really saw anything bad. But, you know, you look at the defense guys, and there was that little stretch where the starters were in there, and and maybe it's because the offense was scoring so quickly. Maybe they got tired, uh, but you noticed a lot more substitutions coming in uh, even before halftime. Uh, Early, but that the secondary, with that was the. If you want to say what position group had the worst day today, it's the secondary, and Reggie Pearson's largely responsible for that. Yeah, he bit on the the, the out one, the one, out fake, yeah. On the fourth down, I think it was, but uh, yeah, and I mean, then and Makari Vickers had some really good stuff early, but he was also a guy that lost someone in coverage for the first did touchdown. Get burnt on that one touchdown carry. I don't know. I mean, because Kendall Dolby came in, you know, and he had an interception, and then I I don't remember seeing Vickers, and Vickers came back after that bust, but he just like slowly disappeared throughout the second half. Yeah, I mean, I think that some of it, some of it's. You know, they're running different zone coverages, and, and, you know, Tulsa was able to find some pockets, just like, you know, SMU. And, and Kevin Wilson's going to screw with you. Yeah, yeah, sure. He's a great play caller, and, and they did some nice things. And, um, you know, I, I we talked about the pass rush. We've been talking about the pass rush every game. It, it seemed like it struggled again today, but there was um, there was a highlight, though. Yeah, there was a highlight. P.J. Adebore seems like he's starting to come into his own a little bit, getting a little bit more comfortable out there. We talked to him after the game. Uh, you can check out the post-game interviews on Sooner Scoop editorial page. Uh, it just seems like he's different. I know that we've said that from day one. He's just a little bit different than everybody else. He moves so damn well for how big he is. Well, and the highlight for me today, just personally, is because we have Trace Ford on every Thursday on our, our morning radio yeah. show. How awesome was that? Uh, and he was asked about dropping into coverage this week. I think Spinozzi asked him. Uh, and then I asked him, like, what defensive player would you move to offense if you could? And he said, myself, because he's a great tight end and he can't wait to show us his hands. Uh, and for him to get that drop into coverage and get the interception and almost score a touchdown, like, what a day for that guy. Also, by the way, uh, side note, Cincinnati and uh, Miami, Ohio are going to overtime. Right oh, wow. Are we a final in Stillwater yet? Yeah, I think it was 33-7, right? I think the last I saw Gundy was uh, apologizing to the fans, so if that tells you anything about how that thing went tonight. I mean, guys, you. I mean, I had this argument with uh, old, my, my guy T-Bag uh, in the mornings. I'm sorry to talk so much about morning stuff, but that's where all my OSU talk come, comes from. Uh, we have a bet on, I think it's either five or six games over under, I said, at, you know, at OSU's wins total. I just... The way that they lost so many people and had to redo that roster and brought in guys from Utah State and or Utah Tech and a guy from I can't a Division three receiver like that's gonna take a toll on you, man. And I mean, we saw that today with Oklahoma State. Not to mention the quarterback issues, but 
There are a lot of teams in the Big 12. You said it, Eddie. It's a bad day for the Big 12. I don't know what's going on with TCU and Houston, but I don't know how good Colorado is after watching a, a half of TCU. Chandler Morris, skeptical as a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. It, it's been rough. And, you know, Texas is now tied with uh, Wyoming as we record this. It's, I mean, it, to be honest with you, it's all there for Oklahoma. They got to yeah. continue improving each week. Uh, you know, I, the, just the way I, I mentioned this to George after the game, the way that Brent talks about this team, you he really likes this team, I think. Like, I think he thinks that they are starting to come together a little bit into form of what could be a team that could compete for a Big 12 title. And I think that when you look at some of the steps that they've made defensively, I mean, we would have been losing our absolute minds a year ago if a defense would have been able to turn the ball over five times. They're just simply making plays that they haven't in the past. And there, 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 there's so many different, and we, we say this all the time, and, you know, it, it's all the BS with the competitive depth. But, like, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Look how many different guys went out there and made plays. Five different the- guys made a uh, made a big-time turnover today. Yeah, and they were all great, you know, and, and guys like Key Lawrence and Danny Stutzman and the improvement they've made since last year. And then you've got, you know, Kendall Dolby makes a nice play on a ball. It was a terrible decision but it was sure. a great play by him. the fuller kid had a rough night yeah he had a rough afternoon god they, he was bad but well yeah i mean i'd say kevin wilson knows who his quarterback is now after that game yeah yes 100 uh, but like kip lewis they're playing him at cheetah you know peyton bowen's out there i mean they just have so many more dudes pj out of bar and like, they're doing all this without Desan mccullough yeah out on the field i was a little bit surprised he didn't play today i think they knew they didn't need him yeah, and it was a situation. You know, here's the here's the TV shot of the day that explains to you what Brent Venables is doing with this defense. I don't know if you guys saw me tweet on the Scoop account about this, but Danny Stutzman has his interception. Uh, everybody's celebrating on the sideline. The camera pans to the sideline, and there's Brent Venables chewing out Kip Lewis because he didn't do something right on that play. And maybe it wasn't Stutzman, but somebody got an interception. Uh, but Brent's over there more concerned about. Kip Lewis messing up his assignment than he was scoring a touchdown. Gary, it was 59 to 17 at one point in the uh, end of the third quarter after Oklahoma got that stop. I think it was the same series that PJ had his first career sack and he lit up Peyton Bowen on the sidelines. <laughs> like it was the damn national championship. game. Like, I mean, it just absolutely blew a gasket on it. And I think that that's a positive moving forward. Well, Brent's I mean, the one I, that said he has to be more involved with his defense this year, and he clearly is. Sure. Uh, they just look really good defensively right now. And, and they're look, they're going to give up some plays. That's that's the nature of college football is, is you're going to have some busts like they did today. Um, but, you know, I think it was interesting, Brent, saying after the game, he's like, we have a laundry list of things we have to get better at. And, it, you know, I thought they made some nice adjustments. It, it just – you just look how many different bodies they have out there. You just feel good about it. I, I don't know. And then if you know if Dylan Gabriel keeps playing at this level, man, if we want to go back to the offense at all, I mean, I just he's he looks like a different player to me. And, and yeah. again, maybe they're going to play a lot better defenses here soon. But if he can play at that level, there's there's no reason this team shouldn't be able to go win ten games this year. And and that's opinion. and that's where this thing is at now. Yeah. Now you have to start going and do it in conference play. Everybody expected you to be here, but it does look. Like it's maybe well, turning a quarter a little bit, and and I think you know a year ago you were telling me 
uh, I, I would love to go back and listen to the post game pod after the I think me and Carrie, uh, as we're driving out of Lincoln, I think I decided that this team was not only going to win the Big 12 title, they needed to be in uh, college football playoff uh, <laughs> talk and stuff like that. And, and this year they've been, they've been so much more impressive. And I think that, but there's still this hesitancy from us and everybody else because we saw what happened sure. last year. But it just, it does feel like this year, and you guys were around it obviously more than I was, but. This year does just – it feels like it's a different group. Hey, how about – in talking about defense, how about Marcus Stripling? Yeah, getting some yeah. Yes. yeah. I thought he was pretty good when he got in there. I, he was very good. I mean, he, he he's – I mean, he – you noticed him. I mean, that's not something you always say when Marcus Stripling is in the game. And I thought – I thought uh, uh, Grayson Halton did some really good things today. He did. I – I, I fall in love with Grayson Halton the more he plays. He's he's making plays late in games that are out of hand, but at the same time, he's making plays behind the line of scrimmage. And I think that you have to like that. I'm still waiting. Uh, I, I guess we're nitpicking here, but I'm still waiting on Rondell Bothroyd to have his, like, coming out yeah. moment. Because, like, and he's been really solid in the run game. Mm-hmm. Like, he does that you don't, you know, notice all the time, but he's, he's really good at setting the edge. But... I, I, he was the guy I thought was going to lead this team in sacks. And, I'm, you know, other than the Arkansas State game, I don't know if he's been that close on some of these. So, I, you know, I still think there's guys that can kind of have a break. We're only three games into this thing, you know. Like, I, I think there's still some guys that could have some big, big – that was a big play for Cincinnati. A very big play on third and 12. They convert in overtime. Miami, Ohio has already scored to take the lead 31-24. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Uh, by the way, guys, uh, I, I want to get back to some defensive stuff too, but I mean, I think this is one thing Sooner fans can kind of revel in a little bit. Uh, you look at special teams under Brent Venables so far. You have Gavin Freeman with the, the punt return for a touchdown uh, that kind of made you think, okay, well, this is a little bit different. You have Peyton Bowen blocking a punt. I know he wasn't supposed to be doing that, but, uh, you know, they they were not close, but they were, you know, when they wanted to be, they were pretty close to some punts today. Uh, but overall, 631 yards in kickoff returns today. Like, that's, to me, that shows you that they are not, they are no longer this team that is just happy to fair catch everything you know, that gets yeah. kicked off. Like they're being aggressive and they want special teams yeah. to be a, a, an advantage for them. They have playmakers back there too. Yeah. Like they're putting the right guys back there. Like just Baruch look at who's really good back there. And look at the guys that are blocking for him. Yeah. I mean, Trace Ford's on the kickoff team. Yeah. And he's running full speed ahead. It's like they have some really talented young players within the program right now. And it's it's very evident. Like you can you can see it just out on the field watching a game. Actually, that's not true at all. I was looking at the wrong stat. They had 631 yards in total yardage of, on kickoffs today. That wasn't how many return yards they had. But the point still stands. No, you're right. And I think that it's a, it's a big positive. You come out of the non-conference play uh, feeling pretty good about this operation. Outside of, like, if you're really nitpicking stuff, there's some stuff that they need to clean up, obviously. But there is a lot to like in terms of the direction 
the trajectory of what this program is right now. Well, I think it was a it was a good day. It was a good learning day for the secondary because, like we said, Kevin Wilson is going to throw some stuff out you at, at you that you didn't expect. Uh, he's got a lot of tricks up his sleeve, you know, just just things that he can do to mess with your coverages. Uh, I mean, there's a reason he and Brent tried to kill each other in practice all those years. I mean, they they he's a f- guy that fights and he likes to screw with defensive coordinators and uh, you know make your coverages vulnerable. And it, so, I think today, even though I th- it's too bad SMU is playing Prairie View A and M because we're not going to really get a read on them this weekend. Uh, but you know, it's it's probably a lot more complex. Uh, than facing anybody else that they'll face or may face, you know, coming up. And I think the secondary knows now, hey, we're not there yet. We we might be able to win some one-on-ones, and we have most of them. But, you know, just talking and, and, and you know, the just just knowing that you're vulnerable still, I think is not always the worst thing to happen to you in a blowout victory. And I think that there's an understanding, too. Uh, You know, Brent talked about it after the game. They had leaders a year ago. They have more of them this year. And they have a bunch of those guys that were leaders a year ago uh, that are all back on this team. And I think that there is a sense that, uh, you know, Ethan Downs talked about it this week. Danny talked about it after the game today. They haven't done anything. They haven't really accomplished anything in terms of what they want to do from a team-oriented, you know, goal standpoint. So, I think it, it, they feel like they're hungry. They say or they're saying all the right things right now, and it's going to be about making those steps each week, and especially here over the next two, three weeks, with you got Texas looming. I think next week, even though Cincinnati's not playing well right now, uh, that's a it's a it's a really big ball game for them to go up on the road for the first time in what will be a hostile atmosphere next week uh, up in Cincinnati. They just have to do it each week. It's like a it, it kind of sucks in a way because you're not going to make some kind of bold, bold proclamation each week. But at the same time, if you go out and do it, I think you'll be happy where everything stands at the end of the year. Just got to get to – they got to get to 5-0 and before uh, Dallas. Yeah. Got it. That, yeah, that, you got to walk into the Cotton Bowl undefeated. And they should – they should – watching Cincinnati right now, they should beat Cincinnati by two scores, I think, on the road, and then turn around. I don't think Iowa State's any good. It's going to be a really, really tough test on uh, Oklahoma's offensive line. Like, we're going to find out what that group's made of next week when you go against the Cincinnati defensive uh, line group with the Corleone Corleone kid that is extremely good. By the way, uh, Matt Campbell accosted by a fan today. I saw that. One of the great videos out on uh, the internet. Without physically, just a fan yelled at him and told him he was on the hot seat and he better get it together. He, like, had to be... Basically restrained by they, his team. Who did who'd they play? Today? They got beat by Iowa, Ohio. Ohio. Really? Yeah. I yeah. Iowa that. State got beat by Ohio. Jeez, what a terrible day for the Big Twelve. I'm <laughs> guessing BYU. That's why we were saying. Yeah, that's why we were saying it. I mean, that's probably the highlight. Iowa State losing to Ohio. Who who won today in the Big Twelve? OU. Well, uh, fortunately, SMU and Houston or TCU and Houston are playing each other, so one of those has to win. In Texas, Texas just took the lead on Wyoming, by the way, 17-10 in the fourth. But, I mean, that's still a close game. Um, and Cincinnati's facing a fourth and goal here. But it's there for the taking for Oklahoma. I, and I still think, Texas, obviously, Texas is going to be a tough test. Uh, it, but, it's it. I mean, I, you know, Kansas State losing on a 61-yard field goal today was Oh, my bananas. God. And, and, and losing in a fashion where it didn't matter how dumb Eli Drinkwitz was as a coach. Like, he tried to ruin it for him, um, And their their kicker saved his ass. It was supposed to be a 55-yard field goal. 
and they got uh, the, they let the clock run out. Okay, and, I, and, I saw you and Josh talking about that, but I didn't know the it context. Was massive, it was a massive mess up. Yeah, and and then they had to kick it from sixty one. and They went ahead and kicked it, and uh, Kansas State had their best athlete ready for a pick six, and it went right in over the goalpost. He nailed it. By the uh, way, uh, you talk about you were talking about Dylan Gabriel's day. Uh, how about the five interceptions by the OU defense today? Uh, last time that had happened, I believe, was two thousand and three. Addy loses. Sorry. Cincinnati lost? Yeah, they just lost. Fourth and goal in overtime. They threw a pick. Wow. No, it was the, this was the only... The, I mean, there are a bunch of firsts. This was the only second game in program history where three players compiled more than 100 receiving yards. That was Farouk with 126, Nick Anderson with 120, Andrell Anthony with 112. The other one came against Oklahoma State in 2012 when Jalen Saunders, uh, Justin Brown, and Kenny Stills all had over 100. Uh, Carrie, I hate to break it to you, but I read that stat off earlier. Hmm. I thought you read the Dylan Gabriel 90% stat. Yeah, I was, but I didn't read the wide receiver like uh, one with who who was the other uh, the other game. Okay. But anyways, it, it was, it, it was uh, Mike Halk that put that out, I think. Right, right. I'm just looking at it. But the, the, the five interceptions was the one I was trying to look up. Um, yeah. But I, want, I haven't even found it. But I think it was uh, 03. It was 90 or something? Maybe. Hmm. I don't know. Barrett Trammell found it pretty quickly during the game. I can't find it. Nope. Oh, here it is. First game with five interceptions since 2003 at Texas Tech. Oh, 2003. There you go. Five INTs, Ginger Williams, Danny Stutzman, Kendall Dolby, Key Lawrence, and Trace Ford. And it's it's just plays that they weren't making a year ago. I know that they're easy plays, but Brent talked about it after the game. I mean, they had eight, I think was the number that he threw up. There eight interceptions that hit players' hands a year ago. They just weren't making those. And you can see how quickly something like that changes the game. The Danny Stutzman pick yeah. six. And they're in they're in, the biggest thing too is it's not just like they're they're catching right. the ball. They're in the right position. Right. Like Danny, Danny Stutzman, Stutzman being yes. in the right position today to make that play. Is he in that position a year ago? Probably not. Like that's that's the difference. Or Key Lawrence was in great position. Kendall Dolby's in great coverage. Like those those are things that I don't know if they're in those positions to even make those plays a year ago. So that's the part that you're just they're playing with a ton of confidence. Uh, that I, I you know I think last year it, it felt at times like they you know were running around you know uh, not knowing you know, where they're even supposed to be half the time. So uh, that's the part that gives you some confidence that this thing is headed in the right direction. By the way, Danny Stutzman uh, did lead the team in tackles today with nine. Uh, Gentry Williams was six, who was out a big part of that game because it looked like he got a stinger to me early uh, when he was making a tackle. Reggie Pearson had five, so did Jaron Kanick, uh, and then Ethan Downs, Trace Ford, and Isaiah Coe all had four. Quietly, I think the guys inside on the interior of Oklahoma's defensive line are having really nice seasons, whether it be a Jonah Lulu, whether it be DJ Terry. I think Jordan Kelly's still showing some flashes from time to time. All those guys. Isaiah Coe showed some stuff today. We mentioned, we already mentioned uh, um, Grayson Halton. Yeah, they. I, I think that they've all had really nice seasons, and they're really doing a great job against the run. Like, T. 
teams are not able to run the ball against Oklahoma. And that was something that, you know, Ted Roof going all the way back to that coach's luncheon uh, way back at the beginning of August. That was something that he said they it was priority for this team to be better up front. Jacob Lacey's had a nice uh, couple days as well. So it's, uh, it's here's a here's a stat for you that, you know, is I understand no one's real happy with with the run game. But OU did average four point two uh, per carry um, and Tulsa one point six. Wow. Yeah, they, they have been incredibly good against the run so far through three games on defense. Like it's it that's probably actually where the biggest difference is. It's like they've just been so good against the run and and again, they're not playing, you know, world beaters out here, but it, it's nobody's impressive. saying they're Alabama, so yeah. Or right. Georgia. You know, it, I, it, again, it's it's one of those nitpicky things, but I think that we've seen these defenses in the past years that if they gave up big plays and a team got into the red zone, all of a sudden they were just awful. It was like basically letting them score in a way. And a couple times now in the SMU game, we saw it. We saw it today in the Tulsa game, especially at the uh, opening possession of the third quarter, the second half. Uh, they kind of, they bend their back a little bit and they're able to get off the field and they're able to force a field goal or a, you know, a field goal try. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's going to be a work in progress, but I think that from where it is right now through three games, it's been maybe even a little bit better than I thought it was going to be. And guys, I think it's going to be an interesting week. Just now that we know that Cincinnati lost, we know, uh, you know, how much, how different Brent Venables was in that SMU week. By the way, I thought he seemed incredibly relaxed in the post game tonight, like more so than he has ever probably in a post game yeah. press conference. No, he was, he was, I, I think Kerry, that is something that kind of speaks to how much he likes this team and how much, how much, he feels like it's coming together. And when you see all the young guys that are contributing, uh, you know, whether it be early in a game or late in a game and being able to close out something that they've talked about quite a bit in finishing games, uh, you know, whether whatever the scoreboard may say, it's a positive because I think in past years you would look up and all of a sudden this turns into a 66-28 type game rather yeah. than a 66-17 game. They got better as the game went on. I think he's relaxed, but he's also like got this sense of like, He's not jumping the gun. Yeah. Like he he knows that they have still so much to prove. Like even though he believes that this team's different, because that's what he said, you know, to me was like he 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 really truly believes this is a different team than a year ago. Read the read the quote off that uh, he gave you after the game because I thought it was a pretty, I, I'm not like insightful answer by any means, but I think it was a brutally honest uh, kind of assessment of where things are at. Yeah, he said, I do think it is different. Yeah, you're going to avoid the same result. I don't know. That will be determined by how our guys stay determined uh, and stay committed and stay focused and not get distracted and not get bored with doing the little things over and over and over. Same discipline to our process, how you play at a high level. The improvement that we have to continue to make, the hunger, the leadership, the focus from everybody in the organization will determine that. But I do feel like we've got a better edge. I think we have more maturity. I think we have a better football IQ. I think we have, again, more competitive depth. Take a drink. And again, hunger, a chip on our shoulder, all those things to perform better than we did a year ago. But every team's different. I'm really excited. I really like this football team, and they're a fun group of guys. They're close with each other. That doesn't always mean that you're going to win. But I do believe that we've got a different level of depth and a different level of overall commitment. Again, we had good leadership last year. We just didn't have enough. I think we've got more guys who are capable of winning and more guys who are capable of leading. I mean, that's just... 
Well, with that comes that just means that this week is going to be hell because uh, he is not going to let anyone like he's given all those compliments. Now he's going to beat them all down uh, because he's probably going to see what's happened to Oklahoma State, what's happened to Texas, and what happened to Florida State today. I mean, they were in a real struggle, uh, and, and I mean Georgia was in a real struggle. They were down big at halftime. Uh, Alabama didn't is not looking great still. I mean they have quarter. I mean Tennessee got throttled by Florida today, so it was. It was a letdown weekend. Everybody talked about, uh, he knows everybody's going to be talking about Cincinnati lost and that they're not as good as people thought they were. Uh, and he's going to have to fight against that because I, the fans are now going to think that this is going to be a cakewalk going to Cincinnati on the road, and it is going to be far from that. Texas is putting away Wyoming right now, by the way. They're about to go up 24 to 10. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, it seems like this team has a, a good aware like even Danny Stutzman after the game he's he's changed so much in terms of he just seems to like be very focused um and not to say he wasn't last year but Eddie stop editing video yeah that's my bad I'm sorry I'm trying to, I'm trying to get the levy stuff up I knew that it was gonna come I think, through I do think we're about I was to trying to uh, you yelled at me on the last YouTube show I'm yelling at you on this one we're good. We're good. I, I knew that that was happening, and I was just going to hope. So bad that I up. know that sound so well. <laughs> I know. It was a good day up here, though. I mean, and I, I thought, you know, it's a small thing, but OU fans showed out, Gary. It was It was I, crazy. It, I saw your video. I retweeted it, but it was crimson. I mean, there was like, it looked like Tulsa had a little section for the away team. Yes. I mean, it was, it was, uh, and it, that was to be expected. I mean, I, I don't think anybody didn't expect that. But, I mean, I knew people buying season tickets just to get, uh, just to get uh, seats today. So, uh, well, they, season they tickets, yeah. I mean, Tulsa's season tickets. They, I don't know how they do that. I mean, like people, I'm sure that you don't turn down money. But it, is that a great business practice? Also, Colorado's losing. What? A, a day for, for a day in college football that we all thought was going to be kind of boring. Kind of shit. It's been a good day. And that's, good day. That's, that's usually what happens. That's called That's football. usually what Jay happens. Jay Norvell. Hey, man, I am all in on the, what are they, the Rams? I'm yes. all in yes. on the Rams. I'm, I'm, I think I've reached my max capacity watching game day this morning. I think that Deion Sanders is great for the sport of college football. It's awesome that Colorado is playing relevant football again. I'm completely out on that shit show that is, though. The Just the circus around it. I Well, the, I the thing about it is that's so disingenuous is you know he's not there for long. Right. It's Dion is, no, I, is I about Dion. Yeah, and he always has been. And he always will be. Yeah. So it's... Uh, and I get it. Like, you remember when he came out to, like, the Under Armour thing? That Like, that was when... Uh, uh, what's his name from Union? Uh, DB was there, and they were running the... the uh, oh, uh... Trey Brown. Trey Brown. Trey Brown was there, and but it was like so cool. I mean, I, I was even like starstruck a little bit that Dion was out oh, there. He, I mean, he has an aura about him. There's no doubt about that. It's like I, I think anybody that grew up in the mid '90s uh, or was watching NFL football at that time, I mean, he's prime time. He, there's a reason why he has that nickname. It's awesome that Colorado is doing what they're doing, but I I've reached a point where they're, I'm getting it shoved down my throat almost every day. And, you know, The Rock being there today, it just, I don't know. It kind of rubs me the wrong way. Well, I was, I was looking through, like, the On3 videos the other day, and, like, every other one has Dion on it. It's like you can tell. It's just anything you put 
with Dion on it, people are going to watch or click on it. And it's, it's pretty yeah. obvious that everybody's overselling it right now. No doubt. No doubt. I do want to go to a game in Boulder, though. This place looks, it looks the beautiful. atmosphere looks oh, amazing. Oh, I mean, everything about it looks awesome. Those were the nastiest fans. Like, they were like Eagles fans, but in college back in the day. Really? Oh, yeah. I think that they chill. No, they, I mean, like, back in, like, I'd say, you know, coming out of the 90s and stuff, like, their fans, they did the snowball thing where they would throw snowballs at people on the sidelines and might put something inside of them. Maybe a rock or two. Well, now I'm kind of liking the Colorado <laughs> so I might be apologizing for everything that I just said. <laughs> but I think that was back in the day. Like, what do you like? What kind of outlet do you have when you live in such a hippie place? I said hippie too. Eddie, uh, you gonna drive back to OKC tonight, or do you want to sleep? Uh... Sleep over. I think that I'm going to head back. I think I'm headed back to Oklahoma City. I need to eat. I haven't eaten all day. Yeah, and after last night, that's probably not the smartest. I hope you've had some water. I've had water. He's had water. I've had plenty of water, but I need I need some sustenance. I need some food. Maybe we'll hit uh maybe we could hit some water burger on the way. Might have to. There's one right by my house so before you drop me off. I'll probably stop and get it on the way into town in Oklahoma City, but we can stop. Any here. Coney Islanders stay up late? Special. No, my mom's got food at home. No, we're going to get you some Whataburger. You worked hard today. Have I? I haven't even finished my game story yet. <laughs> nah, that's neither here nor there. Well, Sooners win, uh, Sooners win it 66-17. Uh, great day for Dylan Gabriel. Uh, really just a, a great way to finish off the non-conference slate. Uh, you have some things to talk about, especially your secondary. Uh, you still mm-hmm. got to figure out the offensive line. The running game is still... Uh, a little bit. Although, guys, I will say this: I I thought Javante Barnes had some of his best runs today. Like he physical, well when he got, yeah. When he got loose. Yeah, seventeen yards was his, his longest run. But I thought he ran through tacklers more today than he he normally has. Yeah. So and I didn't I feel that, bad about yeah. him. I will say this though: I mean, it, it was late in the game, so it probably doesn't really it it doesn't translate. But Dalen Smothers had a couple of runs where he's just like, huh. Let's see more of that. It's interesting. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Like, I I love what some of these young players are bringing to the program right now. Uh, and, you know, Smothers is kind of along with the uh, the rest of them. That it looks good. I, I think Josh even said it on Twitter. It's kind of funny that, you know, the entire month of August during the preseason, we talked about Josiah Wagner. He's like the only guy outside of that young hurt? group that we haven't seen yet. Is he hurt? He, he has to be. Yeah, he, he must be. be. Because, I mean, also, we didn't they played every freaking corner that they had almost today. Yeah. Yeah. We, we didn't uh, get much injury update, but I did make sure, even though. The Justin Harrington thing. Yeah, because we were told one more que- one more question. Somebody else asked a question, and I was like, we got to know what's going on with Justin Harrington. Yeah. But Brent, Brent basically said, we'll know in a few days. I think it's a situation where he's he's trying to decide, do I play through it or not? Because, I mean, it's. I don't know, man. He had a big knee brace on today. He doesn't have the wrap that he had during uh, practice this week. He was dancing around and stuff. I just yeah. don't. I, I I don't know. It's a knee injury. It's a knee injury, and I I I would guess. And well, maybe we shouldn't speculate on what it is. But if you were spec, if you were speculating, I think he has partially torn something, and he's trying to decide: do I play, try to play on it, partially torn like he did a week ago? Or do I, you know, go ahead and get the surgery, sur- it done surgically 
you know. And I told you guys, not- to me, that that sounds like a meniscus. Yeah, maybe. I really don't know. I, I, I don't know, know that either. it's a knee I injury. Just, I think it's one of those situations where he's trying to decide what's the best route for him in his career. And it just, it sucks because it's like, it is his last year. I guess he had another medical red shirt. Yeah. I but. did find out, well, you get, yeah, I get hardship. Uh, I did find out during the Aaron Rodgers thing that there's actually a social media doctor who breaks down oh, yeah. injuries and stuff. I didn't know I those kind know of people were out happened. there. I don't know when it happened in the first, in between the first and second quarter last week. And for him to still continue to play on it, and I know that he was laboring, but he made the pick to end the game. I just, I was completely blown away that he played through something like that a week ago, whatever it may be. But on the way he was banging on the ground and stuff after plays, yeah. it was just like, eh. see, and I, that, like, hindsight, you look back and you go, did he know that there was something wrong with his knee? Like, was there something moving uh you know laterally that he found throughout the game and it just got worse and worse and worse or did he re-injure himself carrie i a uh, little inside baseball mm-hmm. uh that i'm sure nobody will care about except for us brent venables did his coach's show from tulsa <laughs> well he they did it last up. week i mean you noticed that he he was still in his his clothing his sideline gear when he did the show last week I think it's it's a situation, and this goes into what uh, in you know uh, into everything he's talked about efficiency. I wonder if you know he's doing something on Sundays that he wasn't doing last year, right? And I don't know if he's like you know if depending he, if on what Julie's choose, situation he would just is. Not do that show. Maybe he's just wanting to do some stuff. Yeah, it's possible he's Sunday. flying I, to I New Orleans on on Sundays. I don't I, know. I, 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 I could, that could definitely be the case, and I. But I and I like I said I think there is a part of him that's like if I didn't have to do this show I definitely would not yeah you know oh yeah it was I, it was really funny though because like Hal after we got done with the Brent Vittables press conference he's like all right everybody needs to get out and I, I thought it was weird and so I went back down because we did our post game interviews with players and uh, Jeff Levy and Ted Roof out on the concourse here at Chapman Stadium and I so I went back down there and <laughs> Dean and Brent were getting ready to do the damn coaches show. I was like, holy crap, I can't. And the best part about that is I think the team had to wait on him. They're not going to leave the head coach up here. Yeah, it's true. It's just kind of weird. It's kind of weird. That's so, got to be, I mean, just another inside, but that's got to be tremendously taxing on the production staff oh to, my God, to have to cut imagine. up video and show it to them like right after yeah. the game's over. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, They. I don't even know if they had a return monitor, carried to be able to watch like whatever highlights they were doing. And maybe it was just a quick hit. And they go back and they do some stuff uh, in post, but yeah, yeah, like let of, uh, let Teddy and Gabe or somebody come in and sure. break down the game or something. Yeah, it's that's weird. interesting. But, well, I, and like I said, you know that there's a reason for it. Uh, you know, if, if that's kind of cool if he, they're doing it that way, so he can go see Julie on Sundays. But um, yeah, that, that's I'll, I'll have to check into that. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, all in all, though, great day in Tulsa. The weather was tremendous today. It was um, it was very enjoyable, and I'm ready to get this thing going as Oklahoma enters conference play next week. I think it's kind of exciting here uh, now that we see what this thing is through three games, and I think there's a lot of hope that they can be really good. So no Coney Islander on this trip? There was not any Coney Islander. I'm sorry. There, there is one literally across the street. Yeah, there's one right across the street. That's the old school one right there. I don't know if they're open this late. Are they open? This I don't late? think they are. It's not a great neighborhood to be open this time. <laughs> 
All right, guys. Uh, I appreciate the work. Uh, it is uh, on to Cincinnati. So first ro- real road trip, I guess. This was a road trip, but it was a drive down the turnpike. But next week, you guys get on a plane. You stay at a hotel for a couple of nights. Uh, do the whole deal. It's going to be 11 a.m. kick. So it is, uh, I'm sure Fox was really pissed that they lost because it's their big noon kickoff next week. Yeah, it's weird. And I saw that uh, they are going to have the entire big noon crew there next week for their show. So it's a, you know, Carrie, it, it's kind of like you said, I think that there's going to be a lot of Oklahoma fans that look at the, uh, the final outcome in Cincinnati today and go, oh, well, they got beat by Miami, Ohio. This isn't going to be a test. I think this is going to be a very big test as far as kind of what this team is. And it's kind of like uh, it was today, George, and we talked about it on the preview show. If this team really is taking steps and they are who we think that they could be, you go up and you win by a comfortable margin next week. Yeah. I mean, I wonder what the line's going to be on that. I would say it's going to probably be around 14. I was going to say 9 or 10. 9, 10, 14, somewhere in there. I, yeah. Because I, 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 I think going into going into today, it was at 7, 7.5. Uh, on they some projected by two scores, I, they opinion. should go up and handle business. Yeah, they should. They should, you know, in the fourth quarter, you know, feel comfortable running the clock out down the stretch. Or, you know, I, I, I as good I, as Vegas is, I always have a problem getting lines for Oklahoma because they I mean, either was an easy. They, I thought the twenty-seven and a half was way too low today. I I would have I would have smashed that. <laughs> I'm sure Eddie did. Some people did. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, if we're, we're going to go really inside, OU was minus eight in the second half today. Really? So it was a uh, it was a profitable day. Wow. Don't gamble, yeah, kids. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, we will be back. Uh, the Don't forget, uh, the guys mentioned they will have the Instant Reaction YouTube show. It's actually already up at youtube.com slash Soonerscoop. Uh, go check that out. We'll have our practice report coming up next week as well, uh, along with uh, many, many other things as we continue to add to our YouTube channel. Also, uh, Soonerscoop.com, we do this because uh, we do all of this because we want you guys to be members. Uh, subscribe to Sooner Scoop, uh, best community out there on the internet for OU fans. And uh, just go check it out, uh, Soonerscoop.com. Uh, sign up is uh, right there for you. So uh, uh, maybe there's a special promo you can take advantage of. Uh, just go click on the sign up and, uh, and you'll find out. So thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back again after Cincinnati. Uh, and we'll probably have that show uh, up at night and not the next day, even with the travel, because it is an 11 a.m. kickoff. So uh, should be a lot of fun from Cincinnati. Uh, until then, thanks to George. Thanks to Eddie. I'm Kerry Murdoch, and we'll see you back here next week for another edition of the Eskridge Lexus Postgame Podcast.